Always Love Yours podcast. I'm Jared. And I'm Krista. And this is a podcast where two people in their late 20s discuss and collaborate, giving their different perspectives about all aspects of life, whether it's about relationships, mental health, adulting, memes, and how we view the world. We are here to bring our real-world conversations to a podcast near you while promoting the idea of always loving yours. Nice. (laughs) Well, since we have a kind of heavy topic again this time, we're not going to do the how to love yours or whatever until kind of the end. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll give you that, but we're just going to withhold it for now. (laughs) So right now... We're still within the um, Black Lives Matter um, movement, I guess. And um, we went to another protest. Yes, and we went to the biggest protest in L.A. Yeah, which apparently it was. We went to the one in um, Hollywood on Sunday, um, June 7th. Yeah, and it was on Vine and uh, Hollywood. And it basically um, stretched all the way through the hollow walk of what's it called the walk of fame walk of fame walk of fame (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because there is a meme that was like what was it it was like um this is the first um only black lives matters and only black lives matter can get angelinos to actually go to the walk of hollywood walk of fame yeah so if you're from here you don't like going to hollywood because the walk of fame is gross like dirty there's, like, gum everywhere. People piss on the floor. I remember one Ugh. time I went out with my friends to Hollywood, the only time I ever went, and I saw a girl, like, pop a squat and pee on, <laughs> on the sidewalk. So it's gross, but surprisingly, it wasn't that dirty when we got there. I kept mentioning it to Jared, and then he probably was getting annoyed at me, but I was like, it's so clean. There's so the, no littering. the crazy thing is, and apparently we can do this as a society, we were in an area, and I know COVID's still a thing. We'll talk about it. We were in an area where we were shoulder to shoulder with people. I mean, you weren't bumping into people because of COVID, I think, but like you were like within three feet of people, and there wasn't that much trash at all. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so concerts aren't like this. You know what I mean? There is a way to be able to have a lot of people in a condensed area and still have it clean. Yeah. And that surprised me. And I think that I'll talk about that later. I'm about to go into the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So you went to that protest and it was such a great experience. We did walk a ton. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't realize how far we walked, but it was it was such a great experience. And there's only really like we only saw like two cop cars, maybe. I didn't see any until we drove away from the actual protest. Um, there were some helicopters with police, but... Oh, over, yeah. You other, got five stars on, uh, or four stars on GTA. <laughs> but um, other than that, it was a great experience. And I don't know about you, but I felt like everybody was so kind to each other. Oh, their people were so nice. Like, I and I dropped my sunglasses once, and I, and I knew I dropped it a second time. Every time, people, like, picked it up and handed it yeah. to me. Like, people were so nice. And they were giving out, you know, snacks and water. And I was like, damn, I, w- I wish I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we weren't hungry. We had just eaten. Yeah. And then, like, we we brought water. Uh, did we bring water? We didn't bring water to this one. I brought, I brought, I, I personally brought water. Okay. And there was this one lady that was giving out, like, um, first aid kits. Oh, yeah. Which just was think super t- yeah. cool. It's still in my ba- backpack. And yeah, there's just a lot of people, just the whole community just coming together. And it was so diverse and the signs were great. Oh, man. (laughs) So what was your favorite sign? My favorite sign was the um, Peppa is the only pig we stand. (laughs) So like (laughs) Peppa Pig, if you guys don't know who that is. (laughs) That was a good one. That was like my favorite. I I wanted to kick a picture, but it was too fast. (laughs) How about you? Mine was protect and serve these nuts. <laughs> that was the greatest. When I saw that, I was like, you're going to laugh. <laughs> so we just wanted to go over a few things um, that we think are important when it comes to um, the movement. Um, do you still want to talk more about the protest? Um, well, I mean, I just overall, it was, it was such a great experience. Um, and yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, what we we walked and we saw so many things. We we talked to a few people. I um presented her with a rose magically <laughs> out of nowhere. I know. I don't know where that came from. Um. <laughs> but I was telling her like that I feel for the first time like I could walk around as a young black man and not be judged or scared or feared yeah. or I have to put on a front. I, t- I told her like I don't get braids in my hair because of the way people treat me when I have them. Yeah. Like people treat me differently depending upon what I'm wearing. Like I could wear if I'm wearing what I'm wearing now, which is like some um, basketball sweats and a long sleeve tee. People would treat me different if I put it in a suit mm-hmm. and it w- it's so different. Like. Or even if I just put on, like, a, a collared shirt. Like, that's why I always, when I go to school, I wear, I dress up, whereas other people are in yoga pants. No no offense, you could be in yoga pants, but, I mean, I have to dress up. Or you else feel I'm the going, pressure, yeah. too, because else, you're black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm going to be treated differently. And you have to do the extra mile. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's one thing that I want to kind of um, bring throughout this whole podcast is um, today's uh, black youth have to do twice as much for and get half as far yeah so it's like you 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 work twice as hard to get half as much yeah that's that's insane to me mm-hmm. uh but i'm not surprised we um are constantly getting you know all these articles all this the news and stuff and sometimes i feel like it, we're at risk of be, being desensitized to everything but I really encourage everyone to not be desensitized or think you're overreacting or anything. Like, this is real shit, man. Excuse my language, but this is real shit. Yeah, and you have to you have to confront it. Like, things are not going to change unless you do something about it. We'll yeah. talk about what you can do. Um, you know what? Actually, that's a great segue. I did want to mention one of the the best like things that I saw is that family we saw. With her, with their daughter in the car. Oh, man. Like, there are so many dogs, too. But also, like, you see, like, whole families. Even if it's, like, greater risk, like, with their kids and stuff, um, just together. And, like, it's such a awesome experience to see that. Also, if I sound weird, I just got a root canal. <laughs> Always with the tooth stuff. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking weird. But, yes. So, we know that a lot of people can't actually go to protests because maybe because of the pandemic... They have immunocompromised, immunocompromised um, relatives or, you know, they don't want to get them sick or anything. That's totally understandable. But there are other ways you can um, help out the cause. So what are the different ways, Jared? So the first and most important way that you can help out the cause is to vote. Now, I know people are always telling you to vote. I sound like I'm about to do a pod, like an ad. <laughs> <laughs> but I vote. This no, brought to you by vote. <laughs> literally, voting is the difference between you getting to do what you want to do and you being restricted from doing what you want to do by the law. That's the best way I can tell you. And voting it means voting every time that they have an option to vote. Because when you have an option to vote, it is important to let it be heard and known. And that's when, when you don't vote, is when they take your rights away from you. Yeah. So when you do vote, they say, oh, we couldn't take their rights this time. We'll try to get them next time. Hopefully they don't vote next time. <laughs> and so it's always important to vote. And for me personally, being a young black male, my mom and dad always made us vote. <laughs> and they would take us with them as they voted. we get the stickers. It was paired with reinforcement. Like it was a fun thing to do. And then when we got older and out of the house, my mom said, oh, you better vote. Basically, I'm going to get my ass whooped if I don't <laughs> vote. I mean, I'm. I know I'm not going to get my ass, but I'm going to get chewed out because (laughs) my parents don't play when it comes to voting, especially because of how much people that look like me had to go through to get the right to vote. Yeah. And um, yeah, exactly. And vote, vote, vote. November 3rd. Let's get this uh, president. Yo, step out of vote and then (laughs) go get some ice cream or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) Voting is sexy and it needs to be seen as sexy. Hell yeah. Take a girl out to go vote. That's the next date. Um, so there, you could also donate. Um, vote and stroke. Okay, no, okay, sorry. Stop it. <laughs> you could also donate. Um, there's a lot of different foundations. Um, but also research which foundations already has enough funds because there's a lot. Like I know the Minneapolis Fund. Um, I forgot what it was called. But there's a fund in Minneapolis that's already, like, they're maxed out. Like, you don't need to uh, Oh, wow do it anymore um but so just research anything that's related to the black lives matter movement 
to, um, you know, wrongful convictions, wrongful innocent, you know. Yeah, arrests and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, don't when you donate, like, I'll, I'll just tell you what I donated. I'd never donate. I'm the last person that will ever donate. I won't even <laughs> donate a dollar. You can't get a penny out of me, son. You won't <laughs> see no Lincolns. But... I actually donated to the bail, um, was the bail? The, the bailout. The bailout movement or whatever. Because um, it, what it does is it protects people who get wrongfully arrested. It helps you get bailed out yeah. so that you cannot have to spend time in jail when these people arrest you for things that you didn't do. Yeah. And I, um, along with other foundations i the one that i really wanted to donate to was the innocence project um the innocence project is basically a foundation that helps people who are wrongfully incarcerated get free um and Mm -hmm. a lot of people of color are wrongfully incarcerated because they're being racially profiled and so it's a great uh foundation and yeah well and and you know what uh i say just just donate a dollar like Come on, broke boy. You know you got a dollar. You know you got a dollar. You know you got some kind of money. Like you, you got could... that employment, unemployment money. Exactly. You got that unemployment <laughs> check, boy. That stimulus check. <laughs> hey, shout out, shout out to my song "Stimulus Check" coming out. But you got that money. You could donate a dollar. And my favorite place is the um, is the bailout project or whatever it is. So come on, broke boy. I'm gonna call you broke boy until you donate, unless you're a broke. You know, I don't even want to call it that, but you know what you are, girl. Um, and let's say you really are a quote-unquote broke boy and cannot donate. Which is fine. You know what? Me and all got the funds, son. It's cool. Uh, sign petitions. Um, make sure you're also reading through the petitions. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to sign something that's like... Anti know. what you want. Yes. But there's a ton going out. And right you know now. what? I'll do you a favor. I'll put a link in the description to let you know some things and some places where you can sign to make a difference. Right now, in fact. Just go look down there. You, I know you're listening. Just go look down there and scroll and listen while you, while you sign. Uh, but we could also put in our, um, our Instagram, too. We could put a uh, lot of resources. Well, we'll put it there, too, for you. Look, look, <laughs> we're so nice. We got you, fam. All right, thanks, thanks for listening to this podcast. <laughs> And we resume. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, of course, the last thing that a lot of people are doing, and, um, you know, over the weekend, it was so nice to see how many people showed up for all the protests. Um, We had the one in Hollywood in the Bay Area. There was Mm -hmm. a picture. Um, And just so many huge, huge protests and, like, waves of people coming together. Um, But we also wanted to... Make sure we use this podcast to inform you guys about your rights as protesters because um, I think a lot of people might not know, and I, it's very important that you do um, because it is very scary when you are confronted with authority like the police that, um, you know, can possibly abuse their power. Not saying that all po- cops are bad, but you never know. So if you know your rights, then um, you could definitely. Be confident when you go, and you know what? Show up. Like that's this yeah. is my right. So look, Don't if you, them. I didn't. Sorry, but violate them. See, I can't talk. <laughs> it's okay. Um, look, I didn't know my rights. It's not a problem if you don't know your rights. I didn't know my rights until yesterday when I called my little brother who um, just graduated from uh, de- uh, law. Where are you? UC Davis, UC Davis Law it. School. More than you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. And it's um Martin Luther King Hall School of Law. And this boy just graduated. A little quiet clap for this boy. I'm very proud of him. Um, now he's working to try to pass that bar. That's the only bar he hasn't got over yet. <laughs> so we're gonna go over if your you, rights, your rights, right now. Okay, so. Your rights is what... When you're attending a protest, these are your rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got this from the ACLU.org website. Uh, We'll put that in our post to an Instagram. People want to see it. So your rights are strongest in what we are known as traditional public forums. So this means that traditional public forums are like streets, sidewalks, and parks. Uh, You are likely to have that right to speak out on other public property like plazas in front of government buildings as long as you are not blocking access to the building. So do not block, you know, the yeah. entries, exits. 
Plus, you never know. People might use that as like a, okay, now I get to do shit to you or mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> um, what else? Well, and then like in that part, um, make sure that you're not, um, it says, or interfering with other purposes the property was designed for. So like when we were at the protest, there were some people that were like on top of this, like, um, like what, what do you call it's that? It's like a... It's like a banner. Roof. A ro- it's a roof. Yeah, it's a roof. Like, in, it's like clear. Like, you ain't supposed to be up there. So yeah. don't go up there. Like, when you do that, that's when you're doing something illegal. And then the police can come and be like, oh, yeah, this isn't a protest that's lawful because you're out here on the top of the roof. Like, what are you doing, also, son? Also, that's private property. But yeah. I can't talk. Private property. There you go. Um, and so private property can actually, owners can actually set rules for speech on their property. So the government may not restrict your speech if it is taking place on your own property or with the consent of the property owner. So the example that Jared gave, that could be owned by somebody. And if mm-hmm. they did it, they're violating the person's property. It's basically, if, if it's hard to remember, it's basically your parents saying, if you live it under my roof, you live it under my rules. So <laughs> if they own the place, they make the rules. Yes. But also know that there's going to be trolls and counter pro- pro- protesters, but they also have rights too. They have free speech rights. Uh, police must treat protesters and counter protesters equally so the police are permitted to keep the antagonist group separated but they are but counter protesters are allowed to be within sight and sound of one another (laughs) (laughs) so when you are in lawfully present when you are lawfully present in any public space you have the right to photograph anything in plain view including federal buildings and the police on private property though the owner may set rules related to photo uh photography or video my house my rules yeah also i'm reading this word for it by the way on the aclu website uh you don't need a permit to march in the streets or on sidewalks as long as marchers don't obstruct car or pedestrian traffic if you don't have a permit police officers can ask you to move to the side of the street or sidewalk to let others pass for safety reasons. So that means that if you're protesting and you guys are marching along and you're, you know, you're just about to get crossed, but not quite like, just wait, you know, cause like when that, when that light turns and you're jaywalking, the police can come and be like, Oh yeah, well I just caught you for jaywalking. Yeah. So just know your rights and know how to walk across the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you believe that your protester rights have been violated, what you can do is write everything down you remember, including the officer's badge and patrol car numbers and the agency they work for. So really ask them, like, hey, what is your badge number? What is Take note of their car. Uh, get contact information for, for witnesses. Take photographs of any injuries. Once you have all this information, you can file a written complaint with the agency's Internal Affairs Division or Civilian Complaint Board. So... The whole question of like, oh, who are we going to tell the cops are, who are we going to, who's going to help us? Who are we going to call the cops? So remember the agency's internal affairs division or civilian complaint board. Those are two different um, avenues that you could go to file a complaint against the the officer. Yeah. I want to set a new movement called snitching on the cops (laughs) where we all snitch on the cops. I mean, it's called snitching, tattletailing on the cops. I mean, just. Tell them. Say, <laughs> tell them what happened. Tell people what happened. So the next thing we also want to discuss is if you're stopped by the police while protesting. So these are your rights. Um, to You have the right. Uh, wait, what? Okay, here. So while you're protesting. I read that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get stopped by the police while protesting, stay calm. Make sure to keep your hands visible. Don't argue, resist, or obstruct the police, even if you believe they are violating your rights. Point out that you are not disrupting anyone else's activity and that the First Amendment protects your actions. Ask if you are free to leave. If the officer says yes, calmly walk away. If you are under arrest, you have a right to ask why. Remember that you have the right to ask why. Otherwise, say you wish to remain silent and ask for a lawyer immediately. Don't say anything or sign anything without a lawyer. I just told this to Jared. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and also, I talked to my little brother. Yeah. And, you know, he just finished law school once again. I don't know if I, you guys know. He went to UC <laughs> Davis. He graduated from uh, Martin Luther King Hall School of Law. 
Um, and he's working to try to pass the bar. Um, <laughs> shout out to Cameron. Shout out yeah. to Cameron. Um, so what he said is, um, when you're inter- when a cop interacts with you, first thing you say is, "Am I being detained?" And then if he says no, just turn around and walk away. If he says yes, then you say, "Why am I being detained? What law am I breaking?" And if they don't tell you, then you know you got a situation there. Um, but if, if when but they, remain silent we, and, and don't answer anything, ask for a lawyer right away. Sometimes the best thing to do is just, and I'm sorry, listeners, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. Just don't don't say no. Shh. Shh. <laughs> just shut up and protect yourself. So yeah. So remember to remain silent. Ask for a lawyer right away. Don't sign anything um, without a lawyer. You have the right to make a local phone call, and if you're calling your lawyer, police are not allowed to listen. Also, before you go to a protest, write a number down, because we, we all know we don't memorize phone numbers anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> write a number, two or three numbers down that you could call, just in case something goes down um, on your foot, on your arm, anything, um, so that you could be able to call someone in that time. Or you could try, if you're a psychopath, to remem- memorize a phone number. Chris has been trying to memorize my phone number for the last know. while. I just, know, I just know the three less. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the easiest number. I have only three numbers in my entire phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so also remember that you never have to consent to a search of yourself or your belongings if you do explicitly, that means you actually say it, consent, it can affect you later in court. Um, police may pat down your clothing if they suspect you have a weapon and may search you after an arrest. Uh, police officers may not confiscate or demand to view your photographs or video without a warrant, nor may they delete data under any circumstance. However, they may order a citizen to seize activities that are truly interfering with legitimate law enforcement operation. Also, turn off your face ID when you go to your, the protest. Yeah, look, I know, I know that it's effortful and it's annoying, but that face ID, your the touch, thumbprint, the touch ID, just turn it off when you go because they could just take off your mask and put the phone <laughs> yeah. in front of your face. Yeah. But if they, but and and then also, also don't, that's legal. Yeah. They could use bio, I think they call it like biometrics or something. Yeah, but also take off, don't don't make it a number. That's too easy, bro. Just use the characters. Do it like a password, you know, make it short. I mean, don't make your password password, but make it short or whatever if you want. Use letters instead of just numbers. Yes, and again, if you feel like your rights have been violated, when you can write down everything you remember, including the officer's badge and patrol car numbers and the agency they work for. Get contact information for witnesses. Take photographs of any injuries. And, of course, once you have all the information, you can file a written complaint with the, remember, agency's internal affairs uh, division or civilian complaint board. Um, so we wanted to read that because I think a, a lot of times uh, people just go just to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm pretty sure if you ask any American on the street, their rights if they ever got arrested majority of them don't know it see this is something that we're going to address when i get into my education reform once i'm able to do education reform we're going to make sure you know your rights because as an american walking around not knowing your rights uh, that's a very counterproductive for your own livelihood i could say <laughs> so if uh during a protest a police like issues an order to disperse the protest then um, that is going to be, like, the last resort. So that disperse the protest means, like, to basically stop the protest. Yeah, break it up. Yeah. Um, so a police may not break up a gathering unless there's a clear and present danger of riot, disorder, interference with traffic, or other immediate threat to public safety. That other immediate threat to public safety could be interpreted anyway. <laughs> wow. So just keep that in mind. Um and if an officer issues a, a dispersal order, they must provide a reasonable opportunity, opportunity to comply, including sufficient time and a clear, unobstructed exit path. Which I think when they were doing the curfew, they were not doing that. They, I don't think they gave sufficient time. No, that was to le- people to leave. Legal as hell. But I mean, what do you what do you do when the people that make the laws do something illegal? 
Yeah, and so, oh, the Internal um, Affairs Division and the Civilian Complaint Board. Yeah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> but but then also again, like, so do we make it? Should we make a, Should we make a complaint about the curfews? <laughs> no, but like, I mean for real because that was not enough time to be given. So yeah. was so we should we should all actually you know if you look on the news and you know you have to interpret it the way you are. There's a the reason why a lot of um, people are getting hurt and stuff or. A lot of times police are actually doing this dispersal order is because of the curfew mm-hmm. that they're setting. I understand the curfew by the day they give us like how like an hour is not enough time. It for should people. be 24 hours. At, yeah. At, at, at least. And you then can't just like set a curfew the day of. And breaking curfew does not mean that people should be shot with um, quote unquote bullet. rubber bullets that look yeah. like the bullet from Mario. Um, what, what, what they need to do is say, hey, the curfew's in effect. Go home, you know? Yeah, yeah. so and with that being said, individuals must receive clear and detailed notice of a dispersal order, including how much time they have to disperse, the consequences of failing to disperse, and what clear exit route they can follow before they may be arrested or charged with any crime. So what that that's super important, the clear exit route, because a lot of times the police were actually blocking that route. Mm-hmm. Or route, how do you, what do you say? Oh, it depends on where you're from. People in the Midwest say route, and then pretty much everywhere else says route. Dang, I said root. Maybe it's my teeth. I'm gonna blow my teeth. <laughs> um. So yeah. So just you know, remember all of those things um, from the protests. We got this from ACLU.org. So if you would like to see again a recap of what we just said, please go there. Know your rights before you go to protest. Know your rights in general. Uh, it's very useful and will definitely keep you from being wrongfully convicted or wrongfully arrested yep and if you're lucky we'll put the aclu website in the link below (laughs) (laughs) if you're lucky we will (laughs) (laughs) okay so next up on the timeline we just like right before we started this podcast we just watched this movie. I'll tell you, it's it's groundbreaking. I got to tell you, I've never seen a documentary. I don't even, you can't even call it a documentary. You just got to call it, this was history and these facts. is facts. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag facts. Um, it was the movie called The 13th. Now, it came out in 2016, um, and we're just watching it now in 2020. Yeah, yeah, Judge, you are high, mightier than me. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Okay, why didn't you tell me, dude? You could have told me. Just be like, hey, Jerry, you should watch this movie. Who are you movie. talking to? The listener. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was When I saw it, it was put out 2016. I'm like, why didn't I watch this? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so 13th is a 2016 American documentary by director Ava DuVernay. I, I think it's DuVernay. DuVernay. <laughs> so basically, this film explores the intersection of race, justice, and mass incarceration in the United States. It's titled the 13th because it's after the 13th Amendment of the United States that was adopted in 1865, um, which abolished slavery throughout the United States and ended involuntary servitude. Servitude. Ec- servitude. I can't talk I know. today. Except as a punishment for conviction of a crime. So basically, they abolished slavery, but they said, unless you made it, did a crime... The <laughs> so so this is what happened. This is my interpretation of it. They abolished slavery, but they still needed slave labor, and they still um, wanted to have the slave labor. So what they did was they created a system whereby individuals who break laws have to go to what is called jail and in jail what you have to do are these um, activities or these jobs and these jobs you may get paid for but you get paid a significantly less amount than any individual outside of jail could get paid or you don't get paid at all because you're in jail and you did crime so that's how they had slavery continue uh, while saying that they abolished it yeah so you know, basically, slavery. I can't talk today. Slavery. Slavery was perpetuated by continuing it through jails and mass incarceration, basically. So that's why people <laughs> you're hearing people now say abolish jail. Yeah. Because that system is ineffective, mm-hmm. and it doesn't help with um, getting people to be better citizens. It doesn't help people 
get proper proper punishment for their behavior and it's completely unjust and um what is it called immoral um mm. and un- unethical to do something like that i mean i even read in a study you shouldn't put a kid in a timeout past seven minutes it's called yeah. the timeout ribbon study yeah. but yeah but it's 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 been so perpetuated through politics that this like for example with nixon the war on crimes um you know, they they criminalize that behavior mostly because people of color were the ones that were more likely to be put in jail. And so... But wait, why were people of color more likely to be put in jail? Well, they had this movie that came out that was the most popular movie pretty much of all time. Yeah. Um, it's called A Birth of a Nation. Mm-hmm. And it's where they depicted the African-American Negro as somebody who was um, a cannibal and who was vicious rapist. and a rapist and just all these bad things. So in this movie... So basically the stereotype of yeah, black people. Yeah, well, that it was created through this movie that they have con- continued to portray black people as today. Mm-hmm. So when you see these things in the movies today, this is something that happened way back in the movie A Birth, a birth of a Nation. See, wow, no, I can't, you can't talk now. Yeah, oh, it's, it's <laughs> contagious. Stop listening. No, don't. Please, just pick up. Oh, man. <laughs> We're tired. Uh, yeah, super tired. Um, But yeah, so it perpetuated and then it went through like, also, this is all spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. We forgot to say spoiler alert. But you know what? It's important that... It, I can't expect you to just get up and go watch the movie, but I can't expect us to educate you on what we learned from it. So either watch yeah. the movie or listen to this. I think it's also mandatory to do that. Um, oh, it's mandatory watching, yeah. To watch the movie. <laughs> and I, I think that anybody that has seen it should say that it's mandatory watching, and the other people will be like, oh, like, you know, I don't know. Well, you can't, you don't know because you, you haven't seen it. Once you've seen it, you'll be like, wow, I didn't know that. And then, you know what? I bet some people will deny it. I guess. Well, I mean, I'm sure they deny people, it. Oh, you're going to always have naysayers or yeah. people who will deny it. But also probably sure. because it helps their bottom line that it, it um, remain uh, in, in people's minds as true. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So basically in this documentary, it just, like I said, talked about a lot of po- politicians. It talked about lynching, Jim Crow, um, the war on drugs, and how it weighs more heavily on minority communities. Oh, can I, can I talk? Also mass, yeah. Mass incarceration? Yeah. Sorry, I want to I wanna touch on a few things that you just said because I want to uh, unravel them. Well, yeah, yeah. I was okay. going to ask you what you th- thought. After. Okay, can I say that real quick? <laughs> yeah. So the part about the war on drugs, let's talk about that part. So they literally have coke or cocaine, and then they have crack cocaine. And they made it so that if you had or were, yeah, if you were caught with crack cocaine, you got more... Um, harder sentence sentencing than if you had uh, regular cocaine, powder cocaine, because mm-hmm. white people tended to have powder cocaine more than black people who tended to have um, rock cocaine, which also was dispersed into the streets to yeah. the government. But we won't even talk about that right now. So they created laws to target individuals who were poor and of black or Latino um, descent, or if you're a minority. So basically, crack cocaine was um, treated differently than actual cocaine. Exactly. When they should have been treated the same. Mm-hmm. Because they are the same, and but they didn't want white people to get in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> and, and the wealthy, I'm not even going to say just white people, but the wealthy to get in trouble. Um, but it was a target on people of color yeah and i think the one thing that we're completely overlooking which i just forgot about is the war on drugs created it so that it's not about mental health because drugs is a mental health issue it's not a criminal a criminal issue drugs in itself is not of criminal nature it's not hurting anybody other than the user and if it's hurting the user that's a mental health problem that we need to treat as a mental health problem and not as a criminal problem why should a person who did an aggressive crime go with somebody who had some drugs why should they be put in the same system or even be you know it just doesn't make any sense yeah um and actually when i heard that I was like, no wonder, like, people 
like there's such a huge stigma about substance abuse Mm -hmm. um and there's so much shame attached to substance abuse because back in the day it was criminalized like you were using drugs you were the lower second class citizen like you were not you were not up here with us wherever up here is you know exactly and it kind of makes me sad because there's a huge stigma where it's it's really hard to support those who are you know, or people are not willing to support a loved one or someone they know who are, has substance abuse or don't even want to talk about it. Or no. they'll just like push it under the rug or something. So much shame involved in it from both the person that is using and the members who see them use, whether yeah. they be friends, family, or peers, or acquaintances, or just random people. And actually, you know, good news, I guess you could say, is they're changing the model on that, on substance abuse. Um, they're more looking at it as a recovery-based thing. So, mm-hmm. um, and, like, more of, like, a health issue than just something like, oh, you know, like a criminalized type thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the good news on that, for sure. Um, so, yeah. So And then she also touched on how prison is such a huge business, and it gives a higher incentive for police to keep making these types of arrests to keep business going and it's all interconnected and when i heard that i was like wow (laughs) (laughs) this whole this whole movie is just about becoming woke like you think you woke but if you haven't watched this movie you ain't really woke unless you knew all this stuff beforehand but then you always been woke but go to bed man (laughs) and it just kind of showed that it's always the police have been pitted against, you know, people of color or, you know, people who are not, you know, as, I guess, first caste citizen or something. Yeah, like the that. lower socioeconomic yeah. status individual. But it's also important to note that the police have been pointed. It's The police are basically a gun, but the shooter is the system whereby the gun is yeah, shot. Exactly. So It's just part of the system. That's exactly. So it's messed up for the police, too, because the police are people now that are engaging in these behaviors that are basically like the Stanford prison experiment. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> um, because now they're, you know, the um, arbiters of justice. And honestly, they don't even know the law. Yeah. And it's difficult because they get so little hours of um, training. training. Like what, what? Like a barber gets almost double the amount of training. I than have a to cop. get so much training, and I just talk to people. <laughs> I have to get fifteen hundred hours of training. I have and, to get three thousand. <laughs> and the cop has to get about six eighty. So or six hundred eighty. So it's just ridiculous. So. It's and you would think they had so much money. Why don't they spend that on training? But, like, why would you need money to train? Correctly? Exactly. I, I mean, and yeah, so basically, that's another reason why they're saying abolish police. And that's why they're saying, um, what is it? Defund the police. Yeah. It's because the way that we're um, currently policing is just plain wrong. And is only benefiting the jails. Not only, but it's mostly benefiting the jails because it's putting more people in jails. I think it was 2015 in which the... Um, the between 2000 and like 10 and 2015, something like that, the crime, the jail rate, uh, individuals in jail doubled yeah it's it's crazy yeah so i mean it's it's man i can't believe this is what the world's like but it makes me now want to go into politics to be honest yeah like i want to do some change what are some of like your biggest takeaways from it or like what reactions came up when you're watching it or anything that stood out to you it made me think of my people in a whole new light because one of the things that they said is like it made the system the way that the in the 13th the way that the um the people worked was to make sure that white people saw black people as criminals yeah and then what it also did is make black people see black people as criminals Mm -hmm. and now i have a completely different view of my own people because I was under the impression impression that oh we all go to jails like I know it's unfair but like so many of us are doing laws what are doing um, crimes why are we doing crimes and now I see there's this whole system where reinforcement has been provided for specific behaviors or um, punishment has been provided for um, 
for demographics. So if you live here or if you look like this, then we're going to punish you because you're some for, in some way we're going we're going to get you even if you didn't do something wrong because we need you to be um working in this jail. Yeah. So it's just really unfortunate and that makes me want to be like, "Hey, this ain't cool, this ain't right, and I don't want anybody ever having to live a life in this system. So let's change it." Yeah, and that goes back to what I was talking about of self-fulfilling prophecy. When you're constantly told, this is who you are in America. This is how we see you. You are less than. You are going to do this and that. If you keep getting that message, then people are going to get tired of, of trying to fight it. Exactly. And eventually, they'll succumb to that and fulfill that prophecy. Um, sorry. Silence your phone. And <laughs> <laughs> um, remind me. Oh, I forgot his name. And the documentary about the guy that was wrongfully incarcerated and mm-hmm. he didn't do it and he ended up getting having like a mental break and then ended up fulfilling that prophecy of like being violent i think it's important that if you could look at look it up who it was yeah. on the on the movie and while you do that i'll just talk about it because he was wrongfully arrested and then when he was in jail he experienced um physical violence from not only other jail members but the individuals that were supposed to be protecting him and which are the guards the security guards they also beat up jail members so then he completely changed the way his behavior so then when he got out because they realized he didn't do it he was still suffering from a lot of um mental um uh health health, mental health issues thank you and it caused him to um engage in self-injurious behavior and he tried to commit suicide multiple times when he was in jail and then when he got out of jail he he eventually did commit suicide which is like so sad because he didn't do it yeah like so everything he went through was so it, it was trauma imposed on him by the grand design yeah and it's just I can't find his name. So sorry. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, maybe I'll look for it for a little bit. Um, but you know, I know one of the things is say his name, say his name, and yeah. it's you know it's the the problem is at the end of the movie, there's so many names. Uh, it, this is like a thing that happens so often, so much. Right now needs to be the time that we stand up and say it needs to stop. Yeah. And hopefully, people will be. Um, getting up hopefully you listening dear listener will get up and make a change so that we can have a better society and a better culture to grow up in and to live in that will make us all happier i mean everybody seems to hate cops but nobody's gonna get mad when they see a firefighter i'll high five an ambulance man mm-hmm. <laughs> but i mean when i see a cop there's just this this this, this anim- not not only animosity but i would say fear like it's like that's like if you're driving, you're like a uh, animal in the wild, and that's a tiger trying to hunt you. Um, so it's just it's just so unfortunate. And Chris is over here doing the best job she can to find this man's name, and we really appreciate her work. But I'm gonna have her come back to the podcast <laughs> so that she can um, participate, and we'll provide the name at the end of the. Um, Oh, you know what? At the end of this, let's just have a, do a say his name, and then you'll say the name, and then say her name, and say the name of a few people that we um, that we want to do, and yeah, we'll just edit that in. Yeah, um, if I could find it. I mean, yeah, we'll just edit it in. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it's for me actually. The one thing I was like writing notes during the documentary because it was so powerful, but I also wanted to kind of summarize how I felt. And Mm -hmm. what I wrote down was a human life is not negotiable. No. And I put that it shouldn't be political agenda to continue systematic oppression. And... Oh, well, can you say that one more time? It shouldn't be a political agenda to continue systematic oppression. Ooh! Bars. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I was watching the... Um, Ellen show where Ava actually was on with Ellen and that's how I got inspired to watch the the documentary is because um, I saw her on there and she was saying like she goes through so much footage of like police brutality of you know crimes and all these things and to for her work 
and she said that when she watched the George Floyd vid- uh, video or footage, she like it like broke her down on her knees because you clearly see the man on the floor, and you clearly see the cop's face, and you clearly see the life coming out of the man, and how devastating that is to just watch in like pure daylight um and for her to say that is a lot because she goes through a lot of footage and it's easy to become desensitized to a lot of things if you're overly exposed to it um and so for her to even say how impactful that was i'm like you're right i think that's why it's so different Mm -hmm. because you see him just like lose his life and I really don't understand, personally for me, how people don't understand how devastating that is, how traumatic that is. I'm sure if all these All Lives Matters people actually were there on the scene and saw that happen, they would change their mind. And it sucks that it takes all that, you know what I mean? It has to be shocked. It has to be a shocking thing for for people to notice. Because people have the, the... the benefits or perhaps the privilege to not know about these things that are happening or to be able to just turn them off, turn the news off. Like you, you have to understand there are injustices that are being done around this world. And do you know the quote? Yes. Okay. So you started then. An injustice. Oh man. An injustice. (laughs) Anywhere. Anywhere. (laughs) Is an injustice everywhere. I know the second part. Well, I wanted to see if you got the first part. So let's try one more time. An injustice... Anywhere. Is an injustice... Everywhere. There you go. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. Um, is there anything else? Um, I wanted to talk real quick about the eight can't wait. Um, What's that? I don't, I don't know what that is. Okay, so hashtag eight can't wait is uh, basically movement to take action right now. This is what we can actually do to change the way that police operate to better our lives. Literally, to better your life, we could have eight, the eight can't wait. Now, the eight can't wait is eight things, eight laws, eight things that, to change how police operate so that we will have um, less restrictive force. And research shows more restrictive force Use of force policies can reduce killings by police and save lives. Tell your city to adopt all eight of these policies. Number one, ban chokeholds and strangleholds. I don't know why we're doing that. This is not a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. None of that. Require de-escalation. Number three, require warning before shooting. Number four, require exhaust, re- requires exhaust all alternatives before shooting. So you shouldn't be shooting. Like, why, why are we getting to there? Number five, duty to intervene. Number six, ban shooting at moving vehicles. Number seven, require use of force continuum. And number eight, require comprehensive reporting. And you can go to each of those and kind of understand what they are because they have details about it more. And I would, if I was you, I would go to 8can'twait.org. Once again, if you're lucky, we'll put the link to that in the description down below <laughs> for the 8 Can't Wait. But um, what I did is I signed up and I, I had my email address added to them. And I'm going to, I'm pledging right now. Look, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Look, I'm clicking the button. Donate to Campaign Zero. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do donate right here on the podcast as you're listening live. I know you can't see it, so you may not believe it, but I got Krista over here to vouch for me. Yeah, he is. How much should I donate? I don't know. You, t- you do it. Okay, you know what? It's, uh, um, <laughs> He's I'm actually gonna, doing it right now. <laughs> I'm going to donate $42 so I can say I donated 420 Oh, my God. Uh, it looks like 4200 <laughs> We'll just make it a cool 50 All right? I'm donating 50 bucks to Campaign Zero right now. So why don't y'all make a donation, um, and we'll put a link in the description below. I found it. His name? Yes. Say his name. Khalif Broder. Say his name. Khalif Broder. Say his name. Khalif Broder. All right. Um, this this is the man who was. I'll give more. Okay. Yeah, more yeah. thing. Um, was a 22 year old black man who committed suicide in June, 2015 after being in prison for three years at New York City's jail complex Rikers Island without being convicted of a crime. Um, 
And it's just, it's devastating. So you're telling me this man was in jail for two years and he wasn't convicted? Three years. And wasn't convicted of a crime? Was not convicted. And he was, people were shocked that he wanted to go to trial. Um, Because most people get plea or choose to go plea deals. Because. (laughs) No, you tell me. Oh, I thought you were going to go. No. Um, Because if you go to trial then you have a better um, chance of actually, like, not getting charged because if you have a great lawyer and stuff. Mm -hmm. But they want to prevent that from happening. And so take the plea deal, you get less of a sentence. But don't take the plea deal and go to trial. They're going to up your sentence. Um, So don't try. And if you try... You're gonna get even more of a punishment if you, you know, just for trying. Like yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna punish you, your behavior more, just because you try to defend yourself. That's they're like more fearful of you trying. That because just they says know a lot. That's so <laughs> like, much bullshit. It's like, <sighs> why would you get up, up the ante or up the sentence if you know that they quote unquote did a crime? I mean, come on, make it make sense, man. Make it make sense. That should, that's, that's a great poster, right? That's a good poster. Make it make sense. I'm a, that might be my, my next poster. I want to talk about the 13th, but I think make it make sense sounds better. <laughs> it, it rolls off the tongue so eloquently. <laughs> He's actually playing, guys. He's putting all his information. Yep, entering the security code. That you could barely see. Hey, you know what? They don't need to see this. Um, but it's a great film, guys. You should definitely watch it, especially if um, you really want to understand... A lot of what is going on the roots of racism uh, i actually got two books one from angela davis who is starting to become one of my heroes yeah um and then another one from oh what's his name i have it here but another one just so i could understand more about the history of it because i like many only got the sugar-coated like you know, traditional history lesson about slavery and Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Abraham Lincoln and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I didn't know a lot, and it's embarrassing for me to say that I didn't, but how would I know if I never was taught it? Exactly. And that's that's the important thing. It's like people are, are... are, are ignorant and stay ignorant just because they don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not a crime to not know. So it's very important that you try to educate yourself so you can know. Yeah. And if you, like many people that I know, have a hard time speaking up because they're unsure, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is power. You're going to feel so much more confident in your stance. And, you know, you have evidence, you understand, and you have credibility, you know? So... Do your research, educate yourself so that you could advocate better because that's what we need right now. And also, um, it's not a bad thing if you change your mind or if you decide, oh, you know what? I was wrong and now I'm going to um, choose a different side. Like, you can grow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's literally growth. It's like, oh, I thought this before, but now I think that. And I think we vilify people too much and say, oh, no, 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 they said that before, so they can't come back from that. Like, people that are saying, like, all lives matter, now I'm thinking, like, hey, you didn't know what you were doing was wrong. Some people do, but some like like Drew Brees, mm-hmm. like he's trying to like apologize and like it seems like he's trying to go and he really feels like he, what he said was wrong and he wants to apologize. And I realized that because he, Donald Trump, uh, said, "Oh, I'm I'm mad that uh, he apologized. He shouldn't have apologized for saying that." Yeah. And then he was like, "Let me tell you, Donald Trump," and he wrote this whole thing as to why he said it. And it's like, okay, so going back and explaining even more as to why you think what you thought is like, okay, masterful, yeah. masterful masterfully done. And I think a lot of times people just want to act like they know mm-hmm. and uh they're too their pride or ego whatever won't let them like say like no i don't know um and so it's okay not to know and i think i found myself in the past two or three days telling jared like i don't know like like help me or like educate mm-hmm. me and stuff and so you know if you are not confident in your stance i definitely encourage you like i said before Research, educate yourself. And it's a, it's, a, it's a process, you know what I mean? Don't expect to just all of a sudden become woke. It takes time, it takes effort, and 
you become a better and more full person. And you actually, I'm, I'm a lot happier. I think that everybody that learns, at first you get mad because like, how could this be? But then you become happier in your environment because you realize there's a lot of situations in which you shouldn't be concerned. Like if, if there's a black person walking on the same side of the street as you, you don't need to worry about them because they're... The, the problems that you're concerned with are created in your head from the media, from the government. It's not like, how many times have you actually been robbed? Yeah. How many times have you actually been harassed? The most you'll probably get is a, <laughs> hey, good looking. Well, we also call that catastrophizing. In, yeah. Like, in regards to anxiety. And, you know, it's anxiety inducing if you do have those fears and stuff. But to a lot of like, scientific evidence or you know we call it evidence-based in the therapy world um treatment for anxiety is one of them is literally just challenging your thoughts and challenging your cognitive distortions so you know if you're thinking that exactly what you just did so how many people really do get you know harassed or whatever exactly you know um and so just really be under I hate the word woke for some reason and, well it seems so cringy <laughs> but so I'm cringy I, I wanna, to me I want to take the word back <laughs> but I, I understand because like you're like awoke from like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you shit. were sleeping for so long and now you've become awoke um and so yeah but I understand I was telling this to Jared I'm like very motivated in this time of life you know in my life I'm 27 but I'm more confident in who I am and where I stand on things. And I'm not afraid to speak up now for, for my needs and stuff, or I'm still working on it. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit easier because it's like, yeah, this is what I believe. But I know for younger kids and teens and young adults, you have all these influences, your family, everything. And it's so hard sometimes because you're conflicted on who you should stay loyal to your family or yourself, but really look inward. I would suggest and, really review what you value and, and what you think is right, you know? So, yeah, that's my two cents on that. <laughs> yeah, and um, with that being said, I think that, oh, oh, so so right before, one thing that we learned in the 13th is um, poli- it's, they said police brutality causes every riot. Every riot that has happened is because of police brutality. Yeah. Almost all protests are caused by pr- police brutality as well that says a lot if it keeps happening and and once again i'm not here blaming the police because this is the system whereby they're employed it is because the system is choosing their employment to have them do this that is the cause of this problem so remember the police are not the problem they are a symptom of the problem yeah it goes so much deeper, but we got to start somewhere, right? Yep, and we're going to start right here with this hashtag, 8 can't wait. 8 can't wait. <laughs> 8 can't wait. <laughs> um, so the last thing I think that we wanted to talk about before we say his name and say her name is um, how to cope with social unrest. Everybody in the world right now, well, in the world, <laughs> how egotistical uh, American of me, people in America... <laughs> are very upset and angry on either side or whatever about what's going on today. While there is COVID-19 still harassing our ass, Lady COVID, uh, that Rona, uh, we we really have a problem with racism in our country. And it's deep and it's... um, it's prevalent, and we see that it's been sensationalized. It's not that people are racist because they're racist. It's they're racist because it's been sensationalized throughout the history of America, through whether that be media, whether that be the laws or the government, or whether that be simply word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I know in the documentary is saying how um, black men and women are more likely to be put on the news being arrested than any other race mm-hmm. um and that was like well yeah if you keep seeing that what are you gonna believe mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely interpret the i mean the news is there it helps you know you be informed but really check your sources and really interpret them in the way that you believe <laughs> i mean i don't know how do you say that interpret them 
through your sources. Don't just take it at face value. I mean, look, you got to look at your morals. Where does your moral compass point? Is this right or is it not? Because you know if it's right. You know if it's right. Because you just say, hey, if this was done to me, would I be okay with it? Nope, it ain't right. Yeah, okay, it's right. And if you don't know, then you really got to decide what was the punishment worth, uh, the equal to the behavior. You know, the, 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 does it equal? Does it match? Yeah. So when we're coping with um, social unrest, what do we do? Um, there's a lot, depending on who you are and, and what you're going through. Um, if you're, like, hypervigilant, just being able to take a break from it. Um, I know Jared had experience where he was just on the news too much, and it kind of affected him. At least I saw it affect him. And, you know, I kept telling him, like, take a break, take a break, because you're just going to get re-traumatized over and over again, and, and it's just... Can I tell you what I think? Over. Can yeah. I tell you what I think happened from my point of view? Yeah, go for it. Well, when it, it, it seems to become evident to me that if you kill someone that looks like me, there is no problem and nobody cares. And I feel like I became radicalized I was damn near walking around feeling like Michael X or Malcolm X. Michael. <laughs> I was like, we've been watching The Office too much. Yep. <laughs> um, so I was walking around feeling like Malcolm X because I was just like, man, like this ain't fair. Like, yeah. and I was just like, which is like so valid. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, yeah. they, they, I was like, I was like, I feel like they're out to get me. They are. <laughs> they you are. Know? Yeah, and definitely. I, and you know, what my dad always says about fair, you know, a fair is a place where they judge pigs. Um, so I just, I was so angry and sad and confused and I didn't know what to do or how to just like accept that this is the world we live in and it's unfair, unjust, and it's just going to be that way. Yeah. And if you're like Jared and it's just, you're like hyper vigilant and stuff like that, you probably don't feel safe at all because that's why you're hyper vigilant. You're very aware of your surroundings and people and stuff and you're just very anxious and being able to find safety in other things whether that's a person a place in your home which is already also taken away because of the Breonna Taylor case um but something that makes you feel safe I think a lot of times basketball makes Jared feel safe so he went to go play today and Mm -hmm. just things that keep you present away from your phone for just a little bit I'm not saying like totally turn it off or anything because that fear is still going to be there but being able to like just be more present and also just understand like okay right now I'm safe or find things that make you feel safe um Uh, also I think that um one thing that really helped me I think this is the thing that really pulled me out of it because I'll be able to sleep tonight I know for sure but for the last week I wasn't able to sleep um I know for sure that I'll be okay because I educated myself. Yeah. I've, I've learned a lot more, and I've come to understand what's really going on. I've learned the protests aren't always going to be riots, and there's not always going to be police violence. They're, most of them, almost all of them, are safe. Nothing, really, nothing happens, and everything is fine. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know that because of what I've seen on the media and the news. But I actually went to them. And I, and I talked to people at them, and I learned, oh, it's just cool. You just meet people and say what's up and try yeah. to keep six feet. And you challenge that thought or, you know, that black and white thinking that everything's so bad out there, and mm-hmm. your anxiety went down. Exactly. Um, evidence base, haha. Shout out to CBT. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I ain't giving them CBTs nothing. It's behavior therapy. We all know it. Y'all no. just don't Anyways. graph and you're using private uh, Anyways, events. Um, <laughs> if you're like me, uh, an ally, you f- might feel somewhat hopeless, um, somewhat, you know, numb or just like drained emotionally, especially if you're very empathetic like I am. Um, it's so draining. But one of the things that has helped a lot was I've been reading really good articles about, um, you know, where it comes from, where racism is rooted. Because like I said, I didn't know much, you know, Mm -hmm. I knew the basic surface level things that they want to sugarcoat and feed to you and, you know, the school system. Um, but now that I've watched this, that I've talked to Jared, he's educated me a lot. I've got books that's coming in that's that I'm reading and just, 
being more quote unquote woke, even though I don't want to say that word. I know it. It sounds it sounds corny. It, yeah, it sounds cringe. It's, it's making me feel better. It's it's making me feel there's hope. Going to the protest has given me so much hope. Um, I feel less anxious about it. Um, and just like being able to donate and you know sign petitions, doing anything that I can. Um, because that's all you can really do right now. Oh, we forgot one thing that people can really do to help the movement. What? Share on social media. Oh, yeah. You could share just, like, stuff that you read, stuff that you see, something that other somebody else posted. Like, that really helps get the message out. I want people to keep on sharing until they actually make the change, you know? Because and and that's, a, that's a key thing. It's not over yet, guys. Yeah. Like. Oh, no, it's not even close to over. Even, like, George Floyd got convicted, but he needs to be charged like the people who no, killed him he was charged but he needs to be convicted the people who killed him. yeah the the, the police Derek, officers Derek chauvin the police yeah. officers sorry my bad no it's okay um yeah they need to be convicted to in and yeah. you know what? Which you know is funny because now we're arguing that we want them to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Um, but I mean, they deserve harsh punishments for what they've done. But the thing is, they're gonna say, "Oh, we were just following orders." Well, we've heard that before, and that's a common rhetoric of Nazis that say, "Oh, we were just following orders." We can't have that kind of. Um, decision making in any type of system whether it be educational governmental law or whatever because when it comes to just following orders then that means that the individual case is not given its just due yeah that's why we have single case single case research and why it's better than multiple and he didn't mm. want me to shout out the therapy i was talking about shut up <laughs> uh. <laughs> um but yeah definitely so so what we're going to do now is we're going to pause it here and then we're going to do um, what we've learned at the protest, which is where we say, say his name. And then the listener or it's an interverbal um, will say um, the name of the person that was either uh, murdered or usually murdered um, in cold blood. So I'm going to say, say, uh, no, you say We'll just do it together. I don't know what we're doing, guys. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to say, I'm going to say, say his name. Trayvon Martin. Martin. Say his name. Tamir Rice. Say his name. Eric Garner. Say his name. Michael Brown. Say her name. Sandra Bland. Say his name. Philandro Castile. Say his name. Stefan Clark. Say his name. Ahmed Arbery. Yeah, I think it's Ahmad. Ahmad, sorry. Yeah. Say her name. Brianna Taylor. Say his name. George Floyd. So those are just a few, a very few individuals who have been whose lives have been taken from the system of the police that we have had up until now. And hopefully now we can make this incredibly important change. This is a revolution, or maybe not a revolution, but a movement, whatever you want to call it, that's going to completely change our way of life. And it's important that I hope that you're on the right side of history on this one so that we can all have better lives, so cops can have better lives, so the people that they, the cops that they marry and go into relationships can have better relationships and lives. Because I heard that there's a lot of police um, uh, violence against their spouses. Domestic violence, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. You wouldn't, I mean, are you shocked? If they're doing police brutality on strangers, imagine what they're doing on the I guess the behavior generalizes across the world, which really sucks. Oh, well, yeah. Um, it's a skill set you don't want to generalize. <laughs> Look at us break it down. <laughs> Give us a little bit of information. That's what happens when you go into psychology or behavior analysis. <laughs> But yes, um, this has been a long podcast, but thank you for listening. I'm Krista. And I'm Jared. And remember to always love yours. yours.